0: If you want to learn more about the person of Jesus Christ, the book of Colossians offers an unrivaled portrayal of our Savior. And to help you understand this important book in a deeper way, Dr. David Jeremiah has created a verse-by-verse study called Christ Above All. This helpful book and album are yours when you donate $60 to Turning Point. And with an $80 gift, you'll also receive the written word journal. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca.
1: Christ could return for believers at any time without warning. As a Christian, what should you be doing as you await the rapture? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah turns to Scripture for practical ways to live in anticipation of Christ's imminent return and to be certain that you're among those he takes with him. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message at any moment.
2: One of the great things about the Bible is how specific it is If you get the book, The Great Disappearance, on one of the pages, I've put all of the scriptures, one right after the other, that teach eminency. All the scriptures that say, uh, looking for the blessed hope and eagerly awaiting for Christ. And I come quickly. The Bible teaches that Jesus is coming back and nothing has to happen before that event. He could come today. He could come during this radio broadcast. And I want to make sure that you are not playing games with your spiritual life. A lot of Christians I know say silly things like, I'll just wait and see if it's for real, and then if it's for real, I'll get saved in the tribulation. But you have no reason to believe that will happen. You could get caught in one of the wars, and if you do get saved in the tribulation, you will pay a terrible price on earth before you go to heaven because you'll be martyred. and. Let me just tell you something, friends. God loves you. He has a plan for you. This whole rapture thing is about you, about taking you to heaven, keeping you from the hour of wrath. So I'm asking you as your friend, as your Bible teacher, as your pastor, maybe put Christ in your heart. Ask him to come and forgive your sin. Ask him to give you new life. Thank Him for His death on the cross and accept it as the full penalty for all your wrongdoings. You can become a Christian today. Don't miss this opportunity. Here's part two of At Any Moment. Every day we should know that there's nothing that stands in the way of the Lord Jesus Christ returning to this earth. And we should always be ready. One of my favorite Preachers is Charles Swindoll. I've always loved him. I went to school where he went to school And he's not only a great preacher, but he's a great storyteller And one of my favorite stories from Charles Swindoll is the story of the man who Seemed to always be the first one out the door in the factory where he worked Every day when the whistle blew, he was out the door. Nobody ever beat him He always was the first one out every day when the whistle blew he was gone And one day one of his friends asked him son. He said, how is it that you're always the first one out the door? How do you find time to get ready so quick and get out of here and the man made this statement a really good statement? He said this he said I stays ready to keep from getting ready That's what we should do when we understand that Jesus Christ is coming back. You won't have time to get ready So you better stay ready stay ready for him to come because he could come at any moment And if you're not a Christian, don't play with your future. Don't say, well, it hasn't happened all these years. He's sure not going to come, and i got plenty of time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So there are the passages that introduce this subject and some pronouns that insist on it. Notice, thirdly, some parables that illustrate it. In the book of Matthew, Jesus gives some stories. You know, Charles Swindoll is a great storyteller, but he's not quite as good as Jesus. Forgive me for saying that, Charles, but it's true. Neither am I. Jesus was the greatest storyteller who ever walked on this earth. And in order to bring home the importance of his return, Jesus told a bunch of stories. I can't give you all of them, but I'm going to tell you three of the stories that Jesus told. The first one was a story about a house that was broken into by a thief in the middle of the night and The point that Jesus makes is this if the master of the house Had known what the thief was doing and when he would be coming He would have watched and kept the theft from occurring But the master did not know the hour of the day when the theft would occur how many of you know thieves don't make an appointment his house was unexpectedly robbed And Watch how Jesus concludes the parable after he told the story. He tells the story and then he tells us what it means Therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming in an hour when you Do not expect just as the thief came and robbed that house and nobody was ready because they weren't expecting it Jesus said don't you be like that you be expecting the Lord all the time. Don't be caught up short He could come at any moment And Then he told another story about two servants Who worked for the same master one of the servants was faithful and the other was unfaithful and the master of both of these servants goes away and leaves them in charge of his property The Bible tells us in Jesus story that the good servant Faithfully serves his master and provides food for his master's house but the unfaithful servant doesn't think the master is coming back and so he gets drunk and he beats up on some of his friends and uh, He doesn't do anything to prepare for the return of the master certainly doesn't care for his property and the master comes back and Finds both of these servants doing what they were doing the faithful servant being faithful and the unfaithful servant being unfaithful and the Bible says that he rewarded the faithful servant and he punished the unfaithful servant. And the master in the parable is like our master in heaven who is coming at an unexpected time. It could be today or tomorrow, this century or the next, but we are always to be waiting and watching and working until he comes. And then there's a third story, this one we know most about. This is about the wise and the foolish virgins in a Jewish wedding. The parable of Jesus about the ten virgins, five of whom were foolish and five who were wise. And if you know anything about the Jewish wedding, it was a long procession where they had a, a march from the house of where the bride was to the bridegroom and it was a big parade late at night and everybody wanted to be involved in the parade. And when the bridegroom came unexpectedly in the middle of the night, the foolish virgins had no oil for their lamps, but the time they purchased it was too late, and they found themselves locked out of the wedding. And the wise virgins had been admitted. Neither group knew when it was going to happen, but one of them got ready, and one group didn't. And this is what Jesus says we should learn from that story. Matthew twenty-five, thirteen. watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Ladies and gentlemen, the whole aspect of eminency is to remind us that the coming of the Lord is certain. The timing of his coming is uncertain. So always be ready. Stay ready to keep from getting ready so that when he comes, you'll be prepared. What does it mean to be ready? First of all, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to accept him now. When he comes, it will be too late. When he comes to take us to heaven in the rapture if you're not saved you won't go you will be left behind People say well, can I get saved in the tribulation? It's possible But the tribulation is a whole different place than where we are right now In the tribulation people who get saved many of them will be killed for their faith martyred for what they believe if they don't take the mark of the beast. They will be starved or beheaded You don't want to go into the tribulation Thinking that's your second chance. What is keeping you from getting ready by putting Jesus Christ on the throne of your life? What are you waiting for? And for those of us who are Christians, if we're involved in things that we know are not pleasing to the Lord, we should take care of that. We should get ready by making sure we're living the kind of life. We want the Lord to find us living. You know, the Bible says he's going to come and find us, just like he found the servants, the people doing well and the people doing bad. I grew up in a very fundamental home. My mom and dad were very strict. We had lots of rules. I don't complain about that because I'm sure they kept me out of trouble, and I'm okay with that. Well, one of the things we weren't allowed to do, and some of you will laugh at this, but some of you will remember, we weren't allowed to go to movies. I mean, we weren't even sure television was all right, but movies were strictly not right. Believe it or not, I never went to a movie in my life until I went to seminary. Now think about that for a moment. One of the reasons I never went to a movie, even though I could have, is because whenever I thought about going to a movie, I thought, Jesus will come back while I'm in that movie house, and I'll be caught. I know that was a childish way to think, but you know, that's not a bad way to think either, is it? What would you do in your life if you knew that Jesus would come back in the middle of what you're doing? You're getting ready to have an affair with somebody who's not your wife? You want Jesus to come back and find you in that situation? You're getting ready to take something that's not yours from your company? And you're a Christian and Jesus could come back and find you in that situation? I don't think so. The Bible tells us that we are to live our lives in such a way that Jesus can come back and we won't be embarrassed at his coming. So we've looked at the passages that teach this. We've looked at the pronouns that insist on it and the parables that illustrate it. Here's a principle that's really important. Let me set this up in the right way. I've already mentioned the fact that there are many people who teach and believe that the church is not going to be raptured before the tribulation, but the church is going to have to go through the tribulation and experience all of the wrath of God that's on this earth. Listen to me. When you were saved and became a Christian, the Bible says about you, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You have not been appointed to wrath But to salvation in jesus christ our lord when the wrath of god is poured out during the tribulation period you've already dealt with the wrath of god on the cross and become a christian and you will not go through that again but there are many people who teach it and they're not bad people many of them are godly people but i want to prove to you why they are wrong i want you to understand what the bible says listen to this here is a principle that teaches the eminency of the Lord. This doctrine we're talking about today, believe it or not, it's a source of great conflict among theologians. Books have been written about it. Manuscripts have been written about it. Everybody wants to fight over. Is it really true that Jesus could come back at any time? You know why? Because if Jesus can come back at any time, there's no time for the tribulation. If Jesus could come back at any moment, The Bible doesn't say he's going to come back, look for him, and when he comes, get ready for seven years, and then he'll take you the rest of the way. No, when he comes back, he will come instantly to take us to heaven, and there will be no tribulation. The Bible teaches that if Jesus can come back at any time and that nothing needs to take place before he comes, the idea that the church must go through the tribulation before the rapture occurs Is found to be false it can't happen if you believe this doctrine you cannot be a post tribulationist You cannot believe that he's coming in the middle of the tribulation You can only believe that he's coming to take us to heaven before the tribulation occurs And this is not all of the truth of that. This is just one little piece of it. This is corroborative evidence That you are not going to go to the tribulation if you're a Christian You're going to go to heaven to be with the Lord kind of get a witness Amen now With all of this being said the Bible tells us there are certain things that we should carry away from this truth for instance in the doctrine of the rapture when Jesus is going to come and get us Paul teaches that in first Thessalonians chapter 4 and at the end of the passage when he's all done Outlining how the rapture will happen the return the resurrection the redemption the reunion when he teaches all of that at the end of the Passage he says something very interesting. He says therefore Encourage one another or comfort one another with these words. What does he mean? Well the people he was writing to the Thessalonians, they thought their parents had died Gone in the ground and they didn't know if they were ever going to see him again. And Jesus said no you have to understand I have a plan for everybody who's ever trusted me If you die before I come back, you'll be resurrected if you're still alive, you'll go up in the rapture but he said to them When you understand that Jesus is coming back to take you to heaven, or if you die first, you're going to be resurrected and go to heaven, use that as a source of encouragement. You say, what does that mean? When I was a student at Dallas Seminary in my training years, after I'd been there for a couple of years, I got a job as a chaplain at Baylor University Hospital around the corner from the school. Now to say that I was unprepared for that job is an understatement. I had no idea what I was getting into. When I walked into the hospital, the first thing they told me was, we have a buzzer, you wear this on your belt, and if we have an issue that needs some family counseling, we'll buzz you. Well, I found out that usually meant somebody had come into the hospital as the result of a terrible accident or a shooting, and the family was in the family room, and I was supposed to go down and talk to them and help them understand what was going on. Now, I learned along the way, and I did some study, but I'm going to tell you something, friends. I learned something else. I learned that I could walk into that room and within five minutes tell you whether I was dealing with a Christian family or an unsafe family. I remember one time walking into a room where a woman was so much in despair because she had no hope, she was down on the floor banging her head into the carpet because of what had happened to somebody she loved. I also know I've walked into many homes, walked into many rooms, and walked into the family room many times and seen Christians in there crying. But the Bible says they sorrow not as others who have no hope. Sorrowing as a Christian when you lose somebody is normal. Don't let anybody tell you that if you're a Christian you shouldn't cry when somebody dies. That's the silliest thing I ever heard. But the Bible says you don't sorrow as others. What does that mean? You don't sorrow because you know this is not final. Jesus is coming back. They're going to be resurrected. You're going to meet them in the air. You're going to spend eternity with them. Encourage one another with these words. That's what the Scripture says. If you're a Christian, you haven't lost somebody if you know where they are. If they're in heaven, they're not lost. They're just waiting for you, and you're going to go and be with them someday. So the first thing we need to learn that we need to do if we believe Jesus could come back at any moment is to be encouraged. Let this be a consolation to us. And then the Bible says, secondly, that we should have an expectation. We should live every day with this in mind. I know that's a hard thing to think about. I mean, with all that's going on every day, all of our issues and all that, to have a mindset about the return of the Lord. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who's one of my favorite characters, was a great English pastor of the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London, probably the greatest human preacher ever to preach since the Apostle Paul, at least in my estimation. And the sermons of Charles Haddon Spurgeon provide the longest written document of any that has ever been created from a speaker. The volumes of his sermons are the largest volume of any speeches ever created in history. The man was a preaching machine. And I want you to listen to him preach for just a moment. I can't be him, but I can try to be him for just a moment and read a paragraph from one of his sermons. He said, Oh, beloved, let us try every morning to get up as if that were the morning in which Christ would come. And when we go to bed at night, may we lie down with this thought. Perhaps I shall be awakened by the ringing out of the silver trumpets heralding his coming. Before the sun arises, I may be startled from my dreams by the greatest of all cries. The Lord has come, the Lord has come. What a check, what an incentive, what a bridle, what a spur such thoughts as these would be to us. Take this for the guide of your whole life Act as if Jesus would come in the act in which you are engaged, and if you would not wish to be caught in that act by the coming of the Lord, don't engage in it. What a statement. Let the coming of the Lord motivate your life. Realize every day I could be living my last day on this earth before Jesus comes back. You say, well, pastor, I don't really believe that. Well, you just keep reading the Bible, keep watching what's happening and ask God to help you understand the urgency of life. We are all kind of laissez-faire in life today if we only knew the urgency we should have. So, consolation is one word. Expectation is the next word. And the third word is consecration. Many New Testament passages use the coming of Christ to motivate us Toward Greater consecration and service to him. I'll just give you one listen to this passage of scripture First John 3 2 and 3 beloved now are we the children of God? And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is now listen to this and everyone who has this hope in him Purifies himself even as he is pure if we believe that he's coming back It should have an effect upon our life. We should live in such a way that he would find us Serving him our life is a journey through this world We never know what's going to happen next I always pray this prayer Lord help me to take the influence of Jesus with me wherever I go today And if I'm going to go someplace where that's not going to be possible, help me to check to see whether I should go at all. Consolation, encourage one another. Expectation, always be ready. Consecration, be pure even as he is pure. And then finally, examination. Suppose the Lord chose this very moment to return. Would you be ready? Jesus warned us that he's coming quickly. When that moment strikes, there's no time for you to get ready. You've got to stay ready. So the question you must ask is this. Have I committed myself to Jesus Christ? Have I submitted to him as my Lord and Savior? That's the first thing you have to do to get ready for his return. If you do not do that, and he comes back before you do, you will not go to heaven. That's what the scripture teaches Everything you need to know in order to make that decision is in front of you in the Bible. All you have to do is read it. These are not my words. This is not a David Jeremiah truth. This is a biblical truth. After Jesus promised his disciples that he was going to go to heaven, and it became apparent to them that he would leave them to prepare a place for them, and he wasn't going to be with them, and return to them to take them to the place he was going He said to his disciples in a meeting, he said this, And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Immediately after he said that, the show me disciple, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How in the world can we know the way? And that was the introduction to Jesus' famous statement where he said, Thomas, look at me. Look in my eyes. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And No, man comes to the father except through me Jesus didn't say he was one of the ways he didn't say he was a way he said I am what the way The only way you cannot come to God except through Jesus Christ You must accept him as your Lord and Savior you want to go to heaven someday? The only way you can ever go to heaven is by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. It's not about how many good things you've done or bad things you've done. It's all about whether or not you have ever prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you from your sin. You may be listening to this message as an unbeliever. Maybe you're here today out of curiosity or you just accidentally showed up and you've never recognized Christ as your Lord. I want to encourage you to do that today while the opportunity is present This is your opportunity. The coming of the Lord is imminent. You need to be prepared should it be today. I Want you to know how badly I? Want you to know what I've been saying? How much it means to me that you hear what I'm saying and understand it and that you don't leave this place today? unless you know Christ as your savior and get saved before you leave. I hope you will do that. I hope you will make that incredible decision today. And you will never look back. It will be the greatest moment in your life, I promise you. You will you will chronicle everything in the future from the moment Jesus Christ became a part of your life. I'm on a campaign to get as many people ready because I think the rapture is coming soon and I want you to be rapture ready. Here's something you can do to help. You can get a copy of the new book, The Great Disappearance. Get a couple of copies and give one to somebody you know who isn't saved yet. I tried to put the gospel in every single chapter And the gospel is all over the end of this book. So it's a great evangelistic tool, and you need to take advantage of it. I'm having people get bundles of these books because this is the way people are going to find Christ. And you can get your copy of it by simply sending a gift of any size to Turning Point and saying, send me The Great Disappearance. Don't get left out. It's an incredible campaign.
1: See you next time. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. We appreciate your notes of encouragement, so please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sowasin, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, The Great Disappearance, 31 Ways to be Rapture Ready. Informative and inspiring, it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also stream more than 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's messages on demand on any screen with our streaming service, Turning Point Plus, for a monthly gift of any amount. Visit turningpointplus.org for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The Great Disappearance, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English standard version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca/jsb.
0: The rapture is God's promise that He'll return. If you want to learn how to be rapture ready, then be sure to order Dr. David Jeremiah's new book, The Great Disappearance, This fascinating glimpse into the next event on God's prophetic calendar is available for a donation of any amount to Turning Point. Donate $75 and you'll receive The Great Disappearance set. Donate $100 or more and you'll receive a three-book share pack. Get yours today at davidjeremiah.ca.
2: Thomas Jefferson is quoted as saying he did not subscribe to a single newspaper nor even read one a month and he found himself, quote, infinitely the happier. Keeping up with the news is a fine line. We need to stay current on the affairs of the world, especially as they impact developing end time events prophesied in the Bible. But following sensationalistic news shows or websites that thrive on bad news can definitely have a negative impact on us. Yes, there is bad news in the world, but there is much better news in scripture the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And this is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's good news on Route 66.
0: Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.